WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Congressman Tim Wahlberg remains fully supportive of former President Donald Trump's third attempt to claim the White House in 2024, despite Trump's legal issues. Wahlberg told our morning show Trump is the best candidate out there. If you put a bag over the candidates' heads and you just looked at their policy record, you'd vote for Trump. Um, Why? Because it worked for America. Wahlberg says he thinks that some never-Trumpers will also vote for Trump to prevent President Biden from getting a second term. I'm going to hold my nose. And I'm going to vote for the guy that only has four years. He can't be here for eight years. He can only be four years. But I know in those four years, he'll do everything he possibly can do to put America first and put us back on track again. Wahlberg added he disagrees with former Congressman Fred Upton's efforts to put a no-labels third-party candidate on the ballot. He says he remembers how Ross Perot got enough votes to prevent George H.W. Bush from earning a second term and doesn't want a repeat of that. Michigan's new law banning the use of a cell phone while driving has now been in effect for a month. Berrien County Undersheriff Chuck Height tells us the department has issued five tickets for violations so far. He says spreading awareness about the law is still the most important thing. I mean, obviously, we've seen the number of crashes, and obviously that's the goal is to reduce the number of crashes and, and injuries that come from that with people driving distracted. So having the hands-free portion allows them to keep both hands you know, on the steering wheel, and the goal is to make the road safer for everybody. Michigan State Police First Lieutenant Dwayne Robinson agrees, telling us the state police are also focusing on spreading awareness of the law. It is clear that we are issuing way more verbal warnings than we are issuing tickets. And this is not a surprise at all because, first and foremost, our job is to educate the public about traffic violations. Robinson says MSP troopers have been issuing tickets for violations but couldn't reveal how many. The focus remains on education. Under the new law, a driver cannot touch their cell phone while in traffic, even if stopped at a light. Violations of the law will result in a $100 fine for the first offense and $250 for subsequent offenses. Benton Harbor City Commissioners could soon consider approval of the new master plan. The Benton Harbor Planning Commission this week signed off on a draft plan. Paul Lippins with McKenna Associates told planners the master plan came out of several community meetings and surveys. This plan does reflect all that we learned through the process, and we do feel that it represents a plan that could be adopted, but it also represents a plan that could be added to. The plan envisions doubling Benton Harbor's population by 2040 and the construction of 3,000 new homes. The focus of the new housing is on middle incomes. The plan also calls for the creation of new opportunity areas. They would include the Black Wall Street Opportunity Area, the Education Opportunity Area, and the Entertainment and Arts Opportunity Area. Each would come with special development objectives. Residents can see and comment on the plan at bestbentonharbor.com. If city commissioners approve it, there will be a public comment period and then another hearing. It could be final by the end of the year. Sales of Michigan Department of Natural Resources recreation passports remain high after peaking in 2021. The DNR Parks and Recreation Chief Dan Olson tells us the program was created in 2010 as a way for a driver to pay a -a once-a-year fee to enter state parks at no further cost. Sales of the passports pay for park maintenance. It's a good investment in the legacy of the state quality of life for future generations and things like that. Olson says during the pandemic, people took to the great outdoors. In the recent years, after coming out of COVID, 21 was our record year for passports, for camping and many other activities and visitation. 2019 to 21, visitation at the state parks went up 30 percent. 
Olson says camping revenues for the DNR also shot up in 2021. They went down in 2022, but were still strong. He believes many people who went outside in the pandemic found they enjoyed it and have continued doing so. Meanwhile, the Berrien County Parks Department tells us it also saw a record number of yearly parks passes sold in 2021 at 4,130. They went down in 2022, but not by much, to 4,080. Parks Director Jill Adams says sales of passes to the three parks with parking fees pay for the other four parks that are free. It's been just under six years since we spoke with a young woman seeking to remain in the United States via the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Program, or DACA. Luz was in her early 20s and attending Lake Michigan College when she told us six years ago she was afraid of being deported to Mexico, a country she hasn't been to since she was brought to the U.S. as a baby. Luz was approved for DACA in 2017, and now, six years later, she just graduated from Western Michigan University with a degree in physics. She tells us it's DACA that it has enabled her to do that. So far, I've had DACA ever since. The only thing, nothing has changed. I just keep on renewing every two years. Now that she's graduated, Luz is hoping to enter the aerospace field, possibly with further study. The status of DACA remains uncertain, with the program not taking new applications anymore. We asked Luz if she's still afraid of what she was five years ago. I was afraid back then, and I still am now, because it is undecided. They could take it away any moment, and uh, I could just be sent to Mexico, and I will probably lose everything. That's a fear that I think any of us that have DACA have constantly undermined. Luz would like to become a citizen, but knows of no path for her to do so apart from getting married. She hopes that a path to citizenship for DACA recipients will be created, but is losing hope. She says with each election, there's talk of fixing the immigration system, but it never happens. There are around 580,000 DACA recipients in the U.S. currently. The program was created for those brought into the U.S. illegally as children, but who have lived here since. And coming up this weekend is the Coloma Glad Peach Festival. The event's Jamie Balkin tells us is a chance for everyone to come out and have a good summer weekend in the spirit of community. The Peach Festival is held each year to celebrate the locally grown products of peaches and glads, which are grown heavily in the Coloma area, but it's also a celebration in the community just to bring people together and enjoy what our community has to offer. Everything starts Friday with the opening ceremonies at 6, the youth parade at 7, and live music. Balkan says Saturday is the busy day with more music, food, art, the parade, and fireworks at 10.30. She says there are some new events this year. There will be a cornhole tournament on Saturday afternoon starting after the parade, as well as before the fireworks, there is going to be a drone show. So we're really excited to have that new addition to the weekend. Sunday brings a car show, games, and more music. Balkan says there will be plenty of peaches to buy, a peach pit spitting contest, a peach baking contest, and a peach eating contest. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. Former Vice President and current presidential candidate Mike Pence spoke about his former boss's latest federal indictments today. His comments won't likely make Donald Trump happy, more if maybe he's Andy Field. Former Vice President Pence at the Indiana State Fair offering his toughest indictment of Donald Trump's attempts to overturn the 2020 election. Sadly, the president was surrounded by a group of crackpot lawyers that kept telling him what his itching ears wanted to hear. Mr. Pence insisting former President Trump was wrong when he demanded he use powers the vice president doesn't have to send the election count back to the states. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. 
Mike Pence fought the Department of Justice in court to try to avoid testifying against his former boss. But in the new federal indictment unsealed Tuesday, the former vice president plays a central role in the latest criminal charges against Donald Trump. The 45-page indictment is informed in part by notes that Pence kept of their conversations in the days leading up to the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Today, Pence said Trump had demanded he choose the former president over the Constitution and stop Congress from certifying Trump's loss to Joe Biden. Meanwhile, former President Trump's defense lawyer does not want his client tried in the nation's capital. ABC's Stephen Portnoy explains. The former president's attorney says he'll try to get the case moved out of Washington, D.C., where in 2020, just 5% of the voters chose Donald Trump. ABC News legal contributor and former federal prosecutor Khan Nowaday sees the effort as a long shot. You look at all of the January 6th prosecutions that have already occurred in Washington, D.C., and guess what? They tried to move the venue of their prosecutions and failed. Are you aware of a circumstance in which a a defendant has prevailed because of the presumed politics of a jury pool? No. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. Russian drones have hit a Ukrainian port city along the border with Romania, causing significant damage and a huge fire at facilities that are key to Ukrainian grain exports. Russia has hammered the country's ports with strikes since halting a deal that allowed Ukrainian shipments to world markets through the city of Odessa. In the past two weeks, dozens of drones and missile attacks have targeted the port city of Odessa and the region's river ports, which are being used as alternative routes. The head of the Ukrainian president's office said the city of Ismail was hit in the strikes today. It's on the Danube River that forms part of the Ukraine-Romanian border. A Wall Street ratings agency has downgraded the U.S. credit rating. Fitch Ratings is citing increasing federal debt and 20 years of declining standards of governance in the U.S., ABC's Karen Travers has reaction from Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said the decision by Fitch to downgrade the U.S. credit rating doesn't change what she says, quote, all of us already know that Treasury securities remain the world's preeminent safe and liquid asset. In the longer term, the United States remains the world's largest, most dynamic and most innovative economy with the strongest financial system in the world. Yellen called the move by Fitch, quote, puzzling, and said the credit downgrade was, quote, entirely unwarranted. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Some Republican presidential candidates have not met polling and fundraising thresholds for the first 2024 debate, and now requirements for making it to the second debate will be even higher. A person familiar with the qualifications for the September 27th debate at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library told the Associated Press on Wednesday that candidates seeking to get to the second debate will need at least 3% in two national polls or will need 3% in one national poll as well as two polls from four of the early voting states. They are Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina. The candidates must have at least 50,000 unique donors, up from 40,000 for the first debate, which will be August 23rd in Milwaukee. The jury in the Pittsburgh synagogue mass shooting has recommended the death penalty for the gunman who carried out the crime. Here's ABC's Sherry Preston. Robert Bauer's lawyers admitted he shot and killed 11 congregants of the Tree of Life synagogue five years ago, but they argued that his schizophrenia and brain abnormalities made him more susceptible to white supremacist hate speech online. U.S. Attorney Eric Olshan said mental illness was not to blame when Bauer's opened fire with an AK-47. He killed half of the people in that building. He murdered them because they were Jewish. The same federal jury that convicted Bowers of 63 criminal counts unanimously recommended he be put to death. Formal sentencing will happen on Thursday. Sherry Preston, ABC News. Pope Francis has blasted Portugal's clergy for the scandal of sex abuse, saying their actions have helped to drive the faithful away. 
The remarks came as he opened a trip to Portugal today with marching orders for the Catholic hierarchy to change their ways and treat abuse victims better. Francis waded head-on into the scandal roiling the Portuguese church upon his arrival in Lisbon, where he's spending five days for the Catholic Church's first World Youth Day festival since the COVID pandemic. A panel of experts hired by the Portuguese church reported in February at least 4,800 boys and girls may have been abused by church personnel since 1950. And it seems that working on a Taylor Swift's tour really pays off. More from ABC's Jason Nathanson. And I'll write your name. Taylor Swift's hand might be tired from writing thank you cards and bonus checks. We've heard that she paid the 50 or so truck drivers on her current tour a bonus of $100,000 each, and each one got a handwritten thank you note. Now People Magazine says the bonuses totaled $55 million bucks, and everyone got a piece. Dancers, caterers, sound techs, and more. The North American leg of the era's tour wraps up with six shows in L.A. starting Thursday. By the time the international leg is over, experts say the tour will be the first to earn more than a billion dollars. Jason Athenson, ABC News, Hollywood. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.